This podcast is sponsored by Harland Clark, a Veracast business. While technology is changing how consumers and businesses engage, now more than ever, the desire for human connection remains strong. Learn how Harland Clark Contact Center Solutions can provide the personalized support members need when they need it to build member loyalty and strengthen your brand. From the Credit Union National Association, this is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people. Credit Union ideas. The challenges of social distancing during the coronavirus or COVID-19 pandemic have launched the Contact Center to the forefront of Credit Union member support. The Contact Center serves as the ideal channel to provide crucial services and personalized assistance to members and businesses dealing with hardships. I'm Casey Mishlevy, Deputy Editor with CUNA News. In this episode of the CUNA News Podcast, I speak with Terry Panhands, Vice President, Contact Center Solutions for Harland Clark. Panhands shares essential strategies for delivering empathy throughout the service experience to deepen member connections and strengthen credit union brands. She manages all aspects of Harlan Clark's contact center solutions, including development and deployment of solutions that help clients acquire, grow, and retain their customer bases. Terry, businesses have been using digital technologies to adapt to new ways of working and living for some time, but consumers still expect a level of personalized experience. Tell us a little bit about the role that contact centers play in helping credit unions balance that digital experience, along with the need to make highly personalized and emotional human connections with their members. Sure, Casey, and you're right. Digital has become really the primary mode of business as consumers and businesses have had to adjust over the past year to the social distancing norms, really a new way of working and living and interacting. All that said, consumers need and actually expect instant access so their accounts, their features, everything they need to help manage their financial lives is at their fingertips. And so while we continue to see just huge explosion and growth in digital and transformation and and how it's transforming how we interact with members. Leadership is discovering on our side, at least, that when humans are able to connect and they connect with other humans, then there's an opportunity to create just invaluable connections. So technology changes, I will tell you, and it will always change and continue to evolve, but people are still people. There's going to be a need that never changes, that, um, that is that need for that human connection. We have a lot of clients that ask us about the technologies that we're looking into, and certainly we continue to do that, and we will research and make decisions based on the technology that best drives the level of service that we want to deliver to our credit union clients and their members. We're seeing a lot out there, certainly a lot around uh, AI, artificial intelligent chatbot, and, and that's all exciting. It's great to see it. I think it absolutely is warranted. I think it will change and is changing the face of what we do and how we do it. But again, I go back to the point that I think there will always be that need for a human touch. It will always be there. And so I think that as we see technology, especially all the AI that we're seeing right now, it's going to drive greater efficiencies and it will continue to evolve and grow. But again, that need for the human touch will be unchanged and and will always be needed. 
Yeah. And as we talk about human experiences and those human connections, I can't help but go back to this time last year at the beginning of the pandemic, kind of that period when we were all starting to move into the solutions that credit unions were starting to use to cope with social distancing and decreased physical access to the branches with that being limited or changed to drive through only. And since we've seen that start, And it's continued, and in a lot of cases, even though we're starting to get into larger populations of people being vaccinated, we're still seeing things kind of continue the way that they have been as we assess how the vaccination efforts will affect things. So I'd like to talk a little bit about the role of the contact center how the contact center has become an increasingly important member service channel particularly since we, we've we had to start making that switch from in-person to digital. So in your experience, how have those interactions with members changed over the past year? I think that certainly in the last year, and if you think about where we were really a year from now and where we are a year later, we've noticed a distinct change in our interactions in a contact center. Callers that we have spoken with are under stress. And a lot of them are feeling alone or isolated still today, because you're right, I think there'll be a a measure that um, and a cadence that people will choose. It's a very personal choice as far as when you begin to go out and when you begin to travel and all of that. So a lot of the conversations that we're having have really pivoted. And it's not just about whatever transaction we're helping with an online banking conversion, a check order, whatever it is. A lot of the conversations are around callers being worried. They're worried about losing their homes, losing jobs, losing loved ones. And so this really with the combined stress of the pandemic, even though I agree with you, I hope we're about to be on the other side of it. It really has just elevated feelings of uncertainty and powerlessness for so many callers, so many members that we speak to. And that's understandable. So calls that we're seeing and, and so many of our clients have shared with us into their contact centers, they're more complex, certainly emotionally charged. And so that customers or that members experience of each interaction is driven not just by what they want to achieve, again, not what the primary motive of the call to us is, but also by factors of their emotional state, of the urgency of the request and, and of their past experiences. So all of this really puts the spotlight on empathy right, on empathy and customer member service. It's so important, especially in these difficult times. Even minor situations, we've seen carry a much heavier weight with those that we're speaking with. So again, in my opinion, if your organization, if your credit union isn't prepared to provide a winning customer experience, one that is truly engaging, even under these, and probably especially in these extraordinary times that we're in, there are chances that you'll experience attrition and your members will move to the competition if you're not just really embracing the need to introduce that empathetic component on every single call. Let's explore empathy a little bit further. So from the perspective of member service, can you talk a little bit about what empathy looks like in practice? And then any advice you have for credit unions who want to succeed at creating those emotional connections with their members? I think at its core, 
empathy starts with recognizing the humanity in the person that's standing across from you or is on the other end of the phone line and putting yourself in their shoes. To me, it's just as simple as that and trying to see through their lens. If you do this, the result is is going to be a successful interaction that ends with the member feeling heard and fully understood. I think that those organizations that succeed at delivering these positive experiences are really realizing and taking action to hire and train empathy and the importance of it in helping their contact center agents to personalize every consumer interaction. I know here at Harlem Clark, we've put a huge emphasis on this. It's really become a part of our culture. We've always had a focus on empathy, but again, with all that we experienced in the last 12 months and, and more, we felt a need to pause and really take another look and say, what do we need to calibrate and adjust here? And we've been very pleased with the success thus far. I think pillars of this focus really include on a focus on listening, really listening to callers, remaining present in the conversation, keeping a positive, uplifting tone. These are all things that that we coach and train on. We here avoid formal call scripts, if you will. Obviously, there's a call flow that our agents or our specialists follow, but really encouraging that flow of information between the two and encouraging our specialists to listen and to have those natural conversations with customers. It really all boils down to being uh, committed to creating that emotional connection. We call it really seeking to understand the person behind the customer and understand, you know, what's going on with them and how we can listen and help around that to the degree that we can. I think every interaction that members have with credit unions, with your credit union, it's going to contribute to their overall impression of the brand. So it's important to remember with every touch point that you are uh, re-earning their loyalty with every interaction. And of course, there's kind of the other side of the coin, which is the increase in digital self-service. With the prioritization of digital transformation initiatives that we're seeing, how do you see that impacting the contact center? At Harlan Clark, our centers are seeing a notable increase in demand for online and in mobile banking assistance. And I agree. I think it's a wave that will be, it'll just only grow and continue to grow. In fact, in our 2021 Trend Watch report, we polled banks and credit unions of all sizes about how COVID has affected the way they conduct business and connect with their users. 69% of those respondents cited that online and or mobile banking support was the primary contributor to the increase in their contact center volume. So more than COVID-related issues, stimulus, payment information assistance, all of that It was more around the online and the mobile banking support. If you think about it, there were members, I'm sure, that were at home that maybe had never had a need to use those channels, and now they were. So just drove a lot of volume in that way. I think that when it comes to um, a member's financial well-being, there are going to be certain conversations that need to be and are more likely to happen in human channels, though, either at the branch or over the phone. And uh, you mentioned earlier branch closures, so... What does that mean to your credit union if you are closing branches in your footprint? You need to stay even more focused on the contact center and understand that that will be a channel that certainly may be more used than in the past as you do that and make those decisions. That all said, human intervention is necessary, right, for members to be aware of the services and to understand how to use them and to encourage adoption. So if they're out there again and they've never used the channels or maybe they have and not utilized all functionality, 
if they're calling with questions around that and helping them to really fly on their own, using those channels is just so important. And just client after client that we work with and we see, we hear that story over and over again. So what we've also seen as a result is that the contact center agents not only need to be digital advocates, if you will, but they need to be digital experts to help with those calls. And that leads me to another interesting trend that we've been seeing, which is the importance of having a very connected member journey that keeps people on the right track across contact points or across channels that they're using to communicate with the credit union. So what can credit unions do to better equip their agents to provide a positive service experience and to kind of keep people feeling like that experience is consistent from channel to channel? I think that complex queries may start in the digital channel, but a lot of times they're going to end up needing a, a live agent interaction, especially when the member is just not satisfied that or has a comfort level that through the digital channel that their question or concern has been addressed. And so when today's consumer chooses the phone channel, they expect personalized answers to the problem. So while soft skills like compassion, understanding, active listening, they've always been important, but critical thinking skills and the ability to be nimble right now are just so equally important skills for agents to have. I think that if agents have been equipped with the appropriate training, support, development, and tools, the member experience is going to be positive and you will have created an advocate between the hello and goodbye for your organization. I think also when you're considering a fully connected or engaged member experience, how do you equip your agents for that, right? To deliver that. And we ask the same question here. How can we best equip our agents? What support do they need? What questions are they being asked that we can help them with, right? As I mentioned earlier, a lot of more delicate conversations going on and you have to step up to that and to help our agents be ready and be equipped to have those conversations. So with a deeper understanding of the member pain points, we were better prepared to adapt our training, which we did. And so for this, it included training around emotional intelligence, as well as the fully connected experience. And we found that by equipping our agents to have conversations around changes that affect how they interact with their financial institution, things like branch closures, that it builds confidence and it, it invites a level of comfort with members as they're calling in. It wasn't something that happened overnight. It will be something that will be a journey for us that will continue. It requires planning. It requires coordination, a real focus at all levels from top leadership down to embrace this and to deploy it in a successful way. I'm not going to say we figured it all out, but it's one that we're committed to and we will continue to work on it day by day. I think that it's important to realize that achieving that superior experience is going to rely heavily on your ability to deliver your members with that human support in a very seamless way alongside any, really any channel that they choose, right? Meeting them at their channel of choice. And credit unions in particular are already so well-focused in that area because credit unions are about supporting their communities and credit unions are about building those personal relationships with members and really knowing their members. So I think in a way, credit unions can really set themselves apart here as continuing the relationships and the way that they communicate kind of extending it to this very unprecedented situation in which I think you're totally right. We are dealing with 
questions and issues that are coming up that we've never had to deal with before. And, and that is such a challenge. Totally agree. And I, and I agree with you, too, that credit unions, even before this, have really led the way around engagement. And so just building on that and having this opportunity that is certainly so challenging, right, this last year. And so how do you take that, learn from that, and really continue to expand on already, like I said, as a great legacy of credit unions of, of creating that engagement and making it even richer. And another challenge that a lot of credit unions have been dealing with is the need for social distancing and work from home for employees. Those were major barriers to a full and productive contact center, probably for a lot of credit unions, at least in the beginning of this new normal. So what was Harlan Clark's experience and what about the reality of remote working in this new environment we're in? We, like so many other organizations, were pushed to move quickly. Working remotely, working from home had always been every year as we began planning on our strategic list. We need to look at this. You know, we need to research it. We need to vet it and do the due diligence around it. But it always got pushed to the bottom of the list are lower in the list as other initiatives kind of trumped it, if you will. So literally within two weeks last March, we began to stand up in a very secure way, our work from home model. So we were really pushed by the need around it to build that new model. So we do have a percentage of our workforce in work from home now. It was not without its challenges. A contact center, I always, I've done contact center all my career, and I always describe it as a community. Typically, before COVID, you brought in a family, a community into a brick and mortar building or buildings, and you create this close-knit atmosphere with colleagues who provide support and camaraderie. So that was just as important to us as we began to move agents to a remote environment as just making sure that everything was secure from a technology perspective and all, how do we create that same community that is just so important? So that was just as high on the list as everything else that was just as important to do. So there was a very intentional effort to create a culture of community remotely, just as we would if they were sitting in the contact center next to their colleagues. There's Certainly the morale, if you think about it, a lot of the people that we moved to remote have never been remote before. And so there are a lot of things that there were learnings around just around that piece. So working with our agents and helping with that and helping to make sure they were comfortable and set up and all, and also just around morale and keeping that as high as we could. Certainly that's essential. You know, if you've got happy agents on the phone, you're going to have members who are happy to talk with them. And so how do we do that? How do we maintain workflows in the center? If someone has a question, we have flags and they put their flag up and their supervisor's right there, right? Can't do that remotely. You can put your flag up, but the supervisor is not there on the floor with you. So we created chat groups and we created ways to communicate in a virtual situation. How do we do team huddles? How do we do reward and recognition? And so we really re-engineered all of that so that we didn't lose any of that that we know is so important. We just did it in a different format. And um, just like I said earlier, it, it will continue to evolve. We will never, I know personally, I can say for Harlan Clark, we will maintain a remote workforce going forward. 
it has made sense for us in so many ways and, and quite frankly, for our, our credit unions that we serve. And so we will continue to look at that and say, how can we make adjustments to make that even better than it is today? Because I think, too, for organizations, I think even as social distancing is going to diminish and branches will reopen again, contact centers will be able to be fuller again, and we will bring some back as well. But it's going to be different. And so, again, embracing that and understanding what it needs to look like going forward is really the stance that we're taking. So I think that organizations that recognize that and are evolving and and meeting the challenges of the new reality will succeed as well. Yeah, and of course, so many organizations right now are starting to think about what the new normal is going to look like and what the future is going to bring. So what kinds of concerns or priorities are you hearing from your clients? And how is Harlan Clark responding to those? What we've seen is so many clients that really never before considered partnering with a third-party supplier or an outsource provider for their contact center are reaching out and doing, again, due diligence around thinking about, okay, we need to be ready. We need to be aligned with a partner that I always try to be positive, but I think that it's it's not if, but when we have something else happen, right, that we need to be ready for. So we're having clients that we've never spoken for before reaching out and wanting to have conversation about how we can potentially align. And they're going through the process of looking at partners around that. I will tell you that the credit unions that we were able to most readily support last year around stimulus, around just overflow support if they weren't able to staff really around extending programs for them that we needed to do or moving programs or whatever. They were the clients that we were already engaged with. The ones that came to us that we weren't, it was a little bit more challenging. When you're already engaged with a supplier and you're working with them and really in lockstep, it's much easier when a need arises, an unplanned need arises like COVID to engage. So I I really encourage the credit unions out there to explore aligning with a partner or supplier and certainly do all the vetting that you need to do and really make sure that they're equipped and best positioned to face whatever challenge we may be faced with again. And I can't stress this enough. I think what's so important as you go through that process is to make sure that whoever you're considering, that they understand the importance of emulating your credit union's culture, your brand in a way that is going to exceed expectation. It's going to exceed your expectations as being a leader in your credit union, but most importantly, that it's going to exceed the expectation of your members. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio. This podcast is sponsored by Harland Clark. To learn more about Harland Clark's customized inbound and outbound contact center solutions, visit harlandclark.com.